Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Welcome to everyone, everyone to the next installment of the SUAS News podcast series where we interview newsmakers and discuss the news and applications relevant to the global unmanned technologies community. I'm your program host, Patrick Egan, and let's say hello and welcome to our co-host, as we always do, Mr. Gene Robinson. Hello, Patrick. Uh, sorry if I'm a little bit distracted today. We've uh, gone back into flood mode here in uh, little Texas, a uh, little part of the Texas, so if I... Uh, if I have to drop out, you'll know why. I'll just give you a quick time out and be on my way. All right. So before the floods came on, I know you were talking about some pretty exciting stuff that was going to go on, I think, tomorrow or soon here. What, what were you doing? <laughs> well, I, I think all those plans are probably put on hold as we will uh, likely be flying damage assessment. But, uh, um, gosh, there, there's a lot of things going on. We've got a lot of exciting things happening uh, with uh, uh, with the, uh, the the Austin Fire Department Red Team, of course, that uh, I've been working with for about the last 18 months, we've been given authorization to to fly at night, and uh, not only that, we've been given authorization to fly in Class Charlie airspace here in the uh, in the county, which is pretty exciting stuff. It means that uh, we're going to be able to get out and start really doing some good. So, uh, pretty excited about that. Uh, we were going to be flying some uh, test fires tonight, but uh, I'm afraid the the wet stuff is going to take precedent, and we'll probably move on to that mode. All right. Well, uh, it's too bad in, in one sense, but it'll be interesting. You'll have to keep us uh, up to date on that. Is now is that part of the Pathfinder thing, or you guys just since you've been doing Negative. it so long, they're like, eh. this, yeah, yeah. We've we've been hammering on this one for about the last two years now. Um, and of course, you know my efforts here in the in the, the central Texas area have been doing that for about the last 11 years. So it's uh, it's finally gotten to the point where we're, uh, we're we're getting a little recognition and and our capabilities are are being utilized, which is a good thing. And uh, we're going to continue to work that. Now, um, uh, you know. I, that's good. Now, are you working? Are you guys just kind of working on your own, or are you working with any universities down there that keep claiming that they're uh, running the show and out on point and all the rest of that? Or well, you got to understand. Are you guys working on your own? There, there is, yeah, there is a university here that uh, uh, seems to to believe that uh, they are out on point but uh, one of the funny things is is they won't fly over water they won't fly at night and they won't fly uh, in bad weather which you know unfortunately that's when we tend to do a lot of work so we have pushed ahead with our, our own initiative and as we 
have been wanting to do for a while, and uh, with the support of the uh, the red team there, we've uh, we've managed to move ahead quite nicely, and I, I think we'll probably continue to do so. And would really like to set the standard for our uh, fire agencies around the United States for best practices and operational uh, guidelines. Excellent, excellent. All right, well, you're going to have to, you know, keep us posted on that one. I know you stay busy uh, down there in Texas, and it's not just with the the, the natural disasters or whatever else. But <clears throat> the other thing I wanted to touch on real quick, uh, it's on everybody's, um, you know, lips, minds, uh, computer screens, phone screens, whatever else, is the registration task force. Do you, do you have any comments that you would like to share with the podcast listeners about that? Well, I have an opinion. That's that's probably the the main thing. I, I I don't know that I have any concrete evidence or anything like that. But if you look at the past, you know, dozen years or so that we've been working at this, this group has been tasked to come up with a method to register our aircraft in 21 days. And just, you know, it's just me, I'm kind of, you know, thinking about what's occurred in the past. And 21 days, really, it's hard to get roll called in 21 days. With well, you know, so, it's, you know, you're I mean, you know, the process, a lot of people think this process is rather new. But uh, like we, we uh, ran a story here at SUS News with the, the timeline graph, this has actually been 23 plus years. You know, and uh, I agree with you that 20, 21 days, psh, I do have, I do have a solution for him though. And you're going to hear it first is, is I'm going to, uh, equipage mandate, emergency ADSB equipage mandate, both, you know, in and out for GA aircraft and all aircraft. And you might be able to save the pro or solve the problem. I don't see how registering aircraft is going to tell people who are flying at the end of the the runway unless you crash. Agree, disagree. I agree, and you know I think it's workable from the standpoint that you could passively transmit with uh, an unmanned aircraft, which gives you position and altitude. Uh, you know, and then I think full scale should obviously be able to receive and transmit, but. Here's the problem with that, Patrick, and, and we all know that if you're, if you're a pilot, you know, you can put the old transponder on 1,200 squawk ident, you know, and you're anonymous, and everybody else in the world is squawking ident 1,200, and you can fly through all sorts of airspace. That's one thing that I know that a lot of the organizations out there that begin with an A uh, don't want their constituents to have to put up with because it gives them, it, it identifies them. Yeah, but Gene, it's, it's about safety. Safety of the nation. I agree with you, know? you, Mr. Egan. However, it causes undue burden on the general aviation community. Who cares about a little burden when you're talking about safety? Hmm. Well, you know, you, you, you have a good argument there. I know. Well, those are going to be my recommendations, and I think I'm, I'm going to actually even email the associate administrator today and just highlight that I have not asked to participate in the task force. And the reason that I'm not going to participate, and I, have, I, I on Twitter, I'd actually asked the FAA, requested that they uh, publish publicly the qualification of or qualifications of those, let's say, participants on the task force. 
Uh, one of the things, I, I mean, I talk to people in the community globally every day, all day. I can't even get anything done. Um, that's one of the questions is at Walmart now is qualified to talk about registering drones, Amazon even, Google. Uh, a, lot, a lot of these organizations, these people have no idea what they're talking about. Well, let's say that's kind of the mood in the, in the, within the community. As we may not, we got something very serious here, and we may not have the uh, qualified folks on that task force. That's one issue. Uh, there are other issues, which would be, you know, it seems like every year we get a new, like, group put together. Like, remember last year it was the Beyond Visual Line of Sight action team, and everyone yeah. was all fired up. We've had one meeting. It's been over a year, one meeting. Uh, they asked for one document. You know, if you just throw us a one-pager, and we'll go from there. Uh, and not, not all the participants even turn in one, one pager. So, you know, it seems like we get, keep getting caught up. You know, we get caught up on privacy. We get caught up on beyond visual line of sight. We get caught up on registration. It's like, it's like we're in crisis mode. It's just, uh, it seems like that's how they, these guys are trying to regulate. It's through some sort of crisis and the years tick by and nothing gets done. I don't know. Am I right? Wrong? What, what, what's your opinion on that? Well, you know, that's what I was saying about the record kind of a thing that uh, has gone on over the last dozen years. There's uh, been many committees formed and, uh, you know, hark all the way back to the Agency Regulatory Committee, the ARC-1. And uh, look at yeah, how much work we're into that. Yeah, well, and, you know, I did write about this registration thing five years ago. If you go to SUS News and you uh, search SFAR 107, you will see that I wrote about registration five years ago. So we talked about it in the ARC. Uh, you know, in the end, nobody really, uh, nobody really seemed to care. I will say that, you know, uh, the ARC was seen as a, um, you know, an opportunity to find employment. That's how a lot of people looked at it. <laughs> I didn't realize that or I would have probably been a lot quieter. Uh, sat in the corner and twiddled my thumbs. No, I wouldn't. I was not. I wasn't willing to uh, sell the whole community down the tubes or down the river or whatever for a job. I just wasn't. And I knew it. I knew when I crossed the line. I even said, "I go. This is it right here. Job at any of these companies over right here." So I knew it. But anyway, we don't want to. We'll talk about that uh, another time. I want to bring on our guest. Um, and uh, this guest is uh, somebody that, uh, you know, people, if they were watching uh, Shark Tank, they they would uh, see uh, what happened there. They got funded on Shark Tank, and we, we have our survivor here, J.D. Claridge. Sir, could you please come on and introduce yourself to the audience? Maybe a little bio, how you got introduced or into UAS? Sure. So, yeah, I'm J.D. Claridge, CEO of XCraft, and I've uh, been into uh, – Airplanes and flying objects, as, as long as I can remember, building you know uh, things out of tape and sticks and whatever I could find when I was little at home, and uh, and then kind of progressed through my life uh, through there. Been uh, in aerospace industry as an engineer, uh, worked at Quest Aircraft as their uh, electrical engineer, uh, and also at several other uh, companies in that process. I'm I'm. Uh, I'm a private pilot, AMP mechanic, uh, and also a DER, which is a designated engineering representative for the FAA, which uh, kind of ties me into the FAA a little bit, which I don't know if I love that connotation, but that's, that's how it is. I don't work for the FAA, just uh, <laughs> uh, so I do their work for them, essentially. Um, 
So what? Go ahead. I'm go sorry. ahead. Oh, well, I was just going to no, ask so, you. I mean, I don't. I, I was going to ask if you wanted to like comment on anything we spoke about beforehand, but uh, it sounds like you might be a little tied in. Did you have any comments you would like to add, or did you want to let just let that go? Uh, no, we can we can let that go. I, I'm I'm you know my personal opinion. On, I'll talk a little bit about it. The, the registration aspect. You know, I I think that's a start, um, but I do think that there's a huge amount of logistics to work through, and and that's going to be something that uh, the hopefully the committee will uh, will will figure out and find the right balance there. But uh, in any case, we can move on to that. Uh, yeah, no, you so, don't want to. You don't want to. We don't get that, too deep in that one. So that's that's being Gene's job, you know. Exactly. <laughs> but anyway, so, uh, okay, you so know. you've been into you've been into the flying thing for a while. Yeah, yeah, you, 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 you've been involved with the machine, blah blah blah, and then you decided, hey, you know, this this uh, UAS or drone thing looks exciting, and I'm going to move on to that. Is that a pretty fair assessment? That's a pretty fair assessment. Yep, started another company. Uh, Around UAS, so that's uh, that was about a year ago now. Actually, the X Craft was founded, and you, you know you just saw lots of potential, yada yada, and you're you're going into this thing. And I mean, you know, it's kind of a uh, it's uh, not that I'm I'm making fun of it. It's kind of a common theme here on the podcast is we get these we get people on and they're like, hey, you know, is it aviation or aircraft or, and then all of a sudden, you know, this drone thing showed up, and I was like, wow, there's lots of potential here, and I kind of got into it. So it's, it's kind of it's kind of a like a perfunctory type of question, but uh, you know we ask it anyway. So you know I want to dive right in, and I want to you know I, I was hoping that you would kind of give us the inside scoop. You know what didn't we see on 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 TV? Well, I'd I'd love to give you the in, inside scoop. Unfortunately, the the deal we have with, with Shark Tank pretty much prevents us from talking about anything that uh, that they didn't air. Um, so yeah, okay. that's that's kind of how it is, unfortunately. So it was just the, everything that you saw on TV was was it pretty much in a nutshell. Is that what you're saying? Uh, it, pretty much. Although I will say, you know, they I think our segment was something like you know less than ten minutes probably, and uh, we I can say that we were in the tank uh, with the sharks about almost an hour and a half, just talking and uh, you know going through questions. So they definitely edited it down. Uh, I think they told the story well though. I mean they they did they didn't. Uh, you know, uh, portray us differently than what actually took place. So, so good to see that. So, did you you came out of that where you're like kind of exhausted at the end of that? I mean, you kind of threw it all in there, or you just kind of like, hey, this is our um, this is our pitch, and here we are. Well, we yeah, I mean, we went in there, gave gave our pitch, uh, and then the rest was a Q and A time, and and we were kind of open for whatever. I mean, I watched the show, I know how vicious they can be, um, and that's kind of what we were expecting. Uh, once they started, once we got in there, and they're kind of falling all over us, especially, especially Mr. Wonderful, he just uh, he came up with the first offer that was higher than our uh, ask, and, uh, you know, from there it just kind of went, wow, is this, is this uh, you know, we didn't know what to do at that point because uh, they were coming at us just with, with all these offers. So uh, my partner did well in responding to that, and, uh, you know, we ended up getting, getting a pretty historic deal. Yeah, and and you know there were some. There's there's been a lot of talk about it in the community. A lot of people watched the segment. You know, uh, you know, including my wife. It was like, hey, wait a minute here, what's going? On? So a lot of people were asking, like, you know, when when they came up with a regulatory question, 
And then I guess this might be kind of a company, you know, ethos question too. Maybe we should ask you, I mean, so is, is your company, do you see your company as, as like, uh, we're going to build, you know, selfie drones or hobby drones, or do you, are you guys moving towards commercial drones? What, where do you see the company? We see the company as the innovator in the UAS space. Um, and I think that can be in many different, uh, you know, channels that can be, the consumer side, uh, that can be the commercial side. I think long-term, um, it is going to be primarily commercial. Um, but right now, you know, drones are hot. Uh, there's definitely a market there for consumer drones. And so we're, we're innovating in that space as well. Yeah, so you're going across and, the board. Right. And, um, Gene, did you have any questions you'd like to jump in here with? Well, you know, I, I was kind of thinking of a couple, but, uh, you know, the statement about uh, being under contract and not being able to talk about what went on behind the scenes has pretty much shut down most of my questions. But I can tell you, I've been on a couple of reality shows, and, and a lot of the things that you, you know, finally get out are, really, you know, fairly contrived, and, you know, you have to you have to take that with a grain of salt. And uh, But I totally understand because there was a, a certain graphic company wouldn't allow me to talk about a couple of missions that we on either, so I can respect that completely. But uh, um, you know, in, in reference to your your commercial direction that uh, that you just discussed, what segment of the commercial part of the industry are you looking at? I mean, it, it, it can be quite you know uh, quite nicely diced up into a lot of different areas. Do you have a uh, commercial area in specific that you're looking at? Well, I think there are a lot of applications. We we are primarily innovating in, in the vehicle, in the craft. So uh, uh, our first product is the X-Plus One. It's a, a vertical takeoff and landing and high-speed drone. Uh, and it it is, we, we call it the Tesla of drones. It's definitely a high-end consumer uh, product, or maybe you would call it an entry-level commercial product. It does have a TikTok controller uh, in it, so you can do fully autonomous flight plans, you can do uh, mapping, uh, and it, it's capable of all those aspects. We are working more on, we are working on another project which will be a fully uh, capable craft for commercial uses that actually has improved endurance and flight time uh, to, to allow you to handle those commercial missions. But but things like, uh, you know, aerial mapping, obviously, precision ag, uh, Long distance, uh, like uh, inspection, for for instance, uh, pipeline and power line inspection, uh, the the X plus one or this this type of craft would be perfect for since it it can travel at high speeds, uh, you know, doing a survey, for instance, over a power line or transmission line, and then if needed, it could transition to hover for a close in look at a, at a hot spot or something. So I, I really think that the future of uh, of the industry in a lot of ways, is going to go to, to VTOL platforms that have the vertical takeoff and landing capabilities as well as high speed. Are you going to be you know, the one for uh, – uh, I was just going to say, are you going to, You think you're going to be able to crack that one-hour barrier with payload for a VTOL that seems to be the, the, the bar that's set? Uh, I think we'll uh, we'll be close to that. Um, right now, we're looking at you know w what exactly it's still in development. Obviously, um, right now we're 
we're seeing that 45 minutes is pretty easy. Uh, an hour is going to be a little more difficult. It may depend on the payload, but um, that's yeah, we're still looking at that. Now, one of the things, I, I mean, you're talking about a lot of operations that are beyond visual line of sight, and, and this is one thing as a manufacturer, I'm, I'm asking you this kind of as a question. We're getting a little off track, but, um, you know, you're, so you're designing for all of these kind of uses, and, 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 you know, the regulatory reality is is that, you know, we can't fly beyond visual line of sight. In your estimation, I mean, when, when do you think that'll crack loose, or is it is it worth investing in in, in uh, developing technology to do all of these jobs that there aren't currently regulations for? And then maybe the the timeline you think that 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 it will be before we can fly beyond visual line of sight. Sure, I think it's absolutely worth investing in. I still believe in the industry, and that um, hopefully uh, our regulators. <laughs> I have hope. Uh, that they will um, <laughs> do the right thing and allow industry to, to drive innovation. I have hope, okay? Um, and okay. so... He's got optimism. <laughs> Woo! I should have a song for that. Okay, anyway, I'm sorry. I stepped on you. Go ahead. No, Rob. So as far as the timeline for Beyond Visual Line of Sight, I, I, I think in the next... I mean, honestly, I think it could happen in the next three three years. Um, but I, I do know people in Washington. I know um, people who are on the task force, and you know that has given me some some more hope, actually. Uh, so it's it's not uh, you know I, I think I think there are some level heads uh, that can that also support the industry, and and uh, so I think okay. I have hope again. <laughs> All right, so you are you're, you know you're that's that's one of my questions. I you know uh, ask people you know when you're you know, it costs money to design, engineer, produce uh, you know aircraft, and uh, so that's one question I ask. It's a valid one, you know. But okay, so anyway, I was going to ask one last question. I want to know about Shark Tank, and I don't even know if you could talk about it because you know there's disclosure things. But <clears throat> I was going to ask which shark was the hardest sell and why. You know. Sure. Well. Actually, if you watched the episode, you might have seen it. <laughs> um, definitely uh, Cuban. He uh, he hung back there, and that's kind of his strategy. Uh, well, if you watch the show, he, he'll hang back and kind of be the last guy in and then swoop up and snatch the deal if he wants it. And mm -hmm. uh, so in this case, though, was, you know, every other shark was, was in on the syndicate uh, up to, uh, except for him. And uh, he kind of hung back there and said, you know what? You guys are smart. You probably have other offers from VCs. Uh, why? Why do you? Why are you here? And uh, he was he was concerned that we were just there for the exposure. And my partner did a great job in responding to that and on why um, the sharks are are the best uh, partners for us. And uh, in the end, that that ended up sealing the deal. And Mark came in, and and they were all five in. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, that's interesting. Well, and we're, we're kind of running, uh, we're, we're not really, I mean, we still have a few minutes left, but I, there were other things I want to talk about. So I guess we'll, we'll kind of move off of the uh, the, the Shark Tank questions. Uh, but, you know, there was another product that you had that you were talking about, and it was called uh, Phone Drone. And, Correct. you know, that looked, I was like, hmm, that's, that's kind of an interesting concept. There have been a lot of questions swirling around about phone drone. So without giving away the whole thing, maybe you could kind of tell us the thought behind the development of phone drone. 
Sure. So first of all, phone drone is a drone that basically uses your smartphone as the processor, as the camera, as the GPS and other sensors. Um, so you don't have to have those components in the drone. Um, so everybody's got a smartphone. So now they can make their smartphone fly. That's kind of the message. Uh, and you know that that concept actually came to me since we you know we're developing other drones. We do a lot of the hobbyist type drones, and you're you know you buy these little control boards that have all those components in them. Uh, and and I thought you know what those components are are in a smartphone, and everybody's got one of those. So let's. <laughs> I mean, it's just sort of a revelation for me. And so we we started down the the path of of development on that and. I got it far enough. I actually worked with a university here um, to help with the, the app and actually getting the technology to a point that we could say, yes, this is this is a, a doable project and we can actually get it out there. Um, so that's when we started putting a Kickstarter campaign together. And uh, we actually have a Kickstarter okay. campaign up that's right now it's called Phone Drone Ethos on Kickstarter. And uh, it's doing pretty well. We're, we, our goal is $100,000. And uh, right now we're almost at 200,000, so we still have uh, 30 days left in the campaign. So, uh, your listeners are there to check it out. Yeah, that's an, and that's impressive because I mean, you, you've if you've been following this, you know, there were a lot of uh, let's say drones on Kickstarter, and it was real popular, and people were getting a ton of money. And then I think that the the Kickstarter crowd, I want to have with this call on that for now, got a little bit more cynical and other systems were not getting funding. Um, so that's kind of impressive that the Kickstarter program you got going now is actually over. Um, there have been some questions, like I said, and um, a lot of, lot of uh, phone owners, except with the exception of Windows phone uh, <laughs> owners, have said, what about the possibility of flyaway? Sure. <laughs> So, um, you know, we're not going to say it's impossible, um, but we will say that, you know, I'm, I'm an aerospace engineer. My background is electronics. We are taking a lot of the the concepts of redundant design, uh, fail-safe design, into into consideration when we're designing this. So um, that's that's the first thing. The other thing is the phone is well-protected in, in phone drones, so if it crashes or lands on something uh, that you don't want it to, it's, it's well-protected. You can also use a lot of spaces for your smartphone if you uh, fly over water. Um, the 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 other aspect of it is, you know, um, we it works with some very low cost Android phones. So there's you know, thirty or forty dollar Android smartphones that you could put in this as as the phone, uh, and you'd be a little less concerned about losing it uh, if that were the case. So I think I think you know that is a real question. Uh, that we have gotten a lot, and and when it comes down to it, not everyone is going to be okay with sending their you know their smartphone up in a drone, uh, and yeah, that's okay. Yeah. We, we don't need everybody, um, but you know there there are definitely there is a market for it. There's definitely uh, those out there who are willing to uh, to do it. It is a cool concept, and a lot of people see that. Yeah, well, that was uh, mainly that was my assistant Veronica was kind of like, you know, she just got the new iPhone six S. I'm not putting my phone in a drone. You know? I'm like, hey, you know, yeah, okay, whatever. Um, but you know, she answered that question, and then also the con compatibility questions. Um, you know, it's kind of interesting. But I had another one because, so you know, you, you had a little uh, sizzle reel going of the phone drone flying. How do you control phone drone? 
So you can control it from another smartphone or a tablet. Uh, it, it will tether through Wi-Fi, and you can directly control it, uh, just like a lot of other drones are controlled from a smartphone. Uh, it, it will fly with only a single smartphone in the drone. Uh, the way that's worked is fully autonomous flight plan. So you, you pull up our app, you set your path, uh, you set your altitude, you set any events that you want to happen, snapping a picture or something along the way, uh, and then obviously the return home is automatically coded in, uh, and then head go, and, and it will fly that flight plan fully autonomously by itself. Um, so there's also a follow me function uh, where we have... Uh, through the tethering, so you need another device that you carry with you as the beacon, and PhoneZone mm -hmm. will actually follow that device at your at your selected altitude, um, and it will track the GPS position of that beacon device. And, and uh, you know, I guess the um, let's say the intended audience is kind of like everybody, you know, might see these at soccer games, uh, real estate agents, the rest of the, you know, Christmas, whatever, birthday parties, bar mitzvahs, you'll see the phone drone being operated by, you know, normal everyday people. Is that kind of the idea? That is the idea. It's, it's, a, it's a drone for everyone. It's also accessible because of the price point. Um, on Kickstarter right now, they're around $250 uh, for a ready-to-fly drone that's fully autonomous. And are any review units available? <laughs> I always ask that about everything when people come on the show. <laughs> Whatever they talk yeah. about, I'm like, hey, you got one of those, uh, you know, whaling ships? Is that, you got a review unit? No. <laughs> anyway, um, no, that's you, really, uh, well, go ahead, I'm sorry. sorry. Well, I was going to say, we have a, about five units or so that we, we are using right now as uh, our review units, and they are, you know, they are operational, so we've, we've with Kickstarter, you have to have an operational uh, prototype in order to even get onto Kickstarter. They don't allow kind of dreams to get on. Um, so that's, that's an important aspect to mention. Well, that's a crusher because I have a bunch of vaporware that I want to put out. No, I'm <laughs> Oh, man. Anyway, uh, you know, hey, let's have uh, – can we get the website? So, like, you know, I mean, people listen to these podcasts for – you know, we've been doing them for three years, and they get it's amazing. We get uh, tons of tons of downloads on this. It keeps going. Could you give us the website so people in the you know now and in the future can come and check you guys out and, and look at your progress? Absolutely. Our website is xcraft.io, xcraft.io, and uh, yeah, we we uh, I uh, I thank you for this time that uh, that you've given here, and I appreciate it. Hey, no problem, and uh, we look forward to hearing about uh, what you guys are up to in the future, so stay stay in touch, and uh, thanks for being a guest. Will do. Thank you. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. 
purchase necessary void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.